You are now tuned in to the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Superlative, a podcast about watches, the people behind them, and the worlds that inspire them. Spending time with the Blog to Watch community and the stories we discover. Let's get started. Hey everyone, this is Ariel Adams and welcome to the Superlative Podcast. I am joined by the Blog to Watch Senior Editor, David Braden. Hey, David. Hey, Ariel. Hey, everyone. How's it going? David has made the ultimate sacrifice for watch, <laughs> watch lover coverage. He has not only braved the drive from Hungary to Geneva in a Bentley, may I add, but he <laughs> also has returned and is now stuck in quarantine, all to bring you things like the latest Rolex watches, which is what we're going to talk about in the show. Exactly. So pay close attention. I hope it was worth it. Uh, I guess it was. Yeah, there were some nice watches. Yeah. So give a little context. You know, it's not exactly the normal time that Rolex releases watches. Normally, that is in sort of March, April of the year at a trade show called Basel World, RIP, no longer with us. <laughs> yeah. And September 1st, they decided to release new Rolex watches during the pandemic. And nothing was straightforward about this. We didn't even think it was necessarily going to happen. Up until a few weeks beforehand, word on the street was that Rolex was not going to release any watches and just skip the entire year. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we're like, no, they're going to actually release watches. We don't know if it's going to be a few watches or a full load. Turned out it was a full load, though we didn't get to see everything, and they were not exactly very forthright with what all the new watches were. But you were there, you visited the home of the crown, um, you got to touch new Rolexes. How did that feel? How do you feel now? Um, I'm still getting over it. <laughs> Actually, no, I think, I think the moment it gets exciting is when you see a watch that, is, that, that you think you can uh, afford or aspire to, or, or that you like, and you were not expecting to see. I mean, we were all expecting to see the new Submariner, which it, which totally happened in a 41 millimeter size. But the one that really got me was the, uh, 36 Oyster Perpetual, um, because the Oyster Perpetual was really a ho-hum collection. I mean, if, 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 you know, you guys liked it more power to you, that's great. But I've, I've actually spent some time with a configurator on Rolex.com trying to find the Rolex Oyster Perpetual that I liked. And there were zero, not one single dial. So wait, you don't like whatever. the Oyster Perpetual? I like I... the concept and I like it now. But what it used to be, I couldn't find a single one that... that when really you say used to, to be, like, what are we talking about? Like we're talking about... No, yeah, no, just before the 1st of September, because the, before the 1st of September, we had the older dial styles and, and the colors were always a little bit all over the place. It was as though they really didn't, I can't say that this is what happened, but it made me feel like, oh, this is the entry level piece. It should not be that amazing or that beautiful or that perfect, all the watch you need for this price. For you know, men, the get... Oyster Perpetual is the entry level Rolex yes. watch, we should say. Indeed. That. Yeah, and we should also clarify that Oyster Perpetual is part of the name of every single Rolex watch outside of the Cellini collection, <laughs> which is quite funny. But then again, they have this collection that is, in short, it's I know, it'd be, like, it'd be like buying yeah. the Ford sedan. Yeah, <laughs> technically, yeah, exactly. You know, like... <laughs> yeah, or internal combustion or whatever. So so it's, 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 it's pretty weird. Oyster case, perpetual winding uh, rotor, not to be confused with a perpetual calendar. 
And yes, and the Oyster Perpetual is basically the base model for, for men uh, in, in the world of Rolex. And it's now available in 36 and 41. Previously, the largest one was with 39. And I think the logic and the motives for, for Rolex to get this done, this update, this major update done for the Oyster Perpetual was that, oh, we have all these guys with their forks and, and, and torches and stuff, you know, lining up outside our boutiques, you know, uh, complaining about the waiting lists and all that for a steel Rolex watch. And the Oyster Perpetual has not done much at all to take that strain off of Rolex because it was just not really appealing or it didn't have mass appeal. Now that's a safe statement. So let's have a little bit of context here. Rolex watches for the last several years have been very difficult to acquire for a couple yep. of reasons. One, Rolex has what we'll call set production, meaning if there's more demand, they don't increase production to necessarily meet demand. Two, even though there's plenty of watches available to buy, Rolex watches enjoy a sort of... Um, conservative privilege in the sense that they're sort of always, quote unquote, a good investment. It's not universally the case that every Rolex watch you buy, you can sell at the same price or make money off of it. But they're among the only watches you can buy and sell for really close to retail. And in some rare instances, actually make more money if you wear it for a little while and then you can sell it. You can actually sell it for more. Um, maybe not so rare with some of the steel watches. So basically, steel watches that hold their value the most are in crazy demand because basically every single one that comes in is, is spoken for or they go straight to resellers that are basically scalpers, which is another problem. We've written about this extensively in a block to watch. So Rolex watches are hard to get and their entry-level model, the Oyster Perpetual, has never really been that appealing to watch consumers um, who are like enthusiasts. They're more mainstream, which Rolex has no problem with. And I think David is saying he's starting to see some merit in it, merit in it as a model. I've always liked it. I don't. I don't have one. Um, you know, it's 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 about six thousand bucks for the forty-one, a little bit less for the thirty-six. I like the mm -hmm. forty-one a lot. So if I started this conversation, I'd be like Oyster Perpetual forty-one, and you're like, hey, Oyster Perpetual thirty-six. The yeah. thirty-nine, which is basically in between, is gone. Just, yeah, it's discontinued. And that's the one that you said, David, didn't really have any dial colors that like got you excited. No, nor did the thirty-six. Uh, I, I I believe there was a thirty-six before, and and yeah, and they were that's just been around. they were just not that appealing. They were like you know like red grape with like tiny blue dots. Like even if you describe that, <laughs> it just doesn't sound right. And then sure you yeah, could the get a, a boring black dial, and then that's it. You know, so so now what we have are some really appealing uh, dials on the forty-one. And some colorful ones as well. So some safe choices and some funky choices. And the same goes for the 36. And I think that's just that's just brilliant. Because now, I, I mean, up until now, if you wanted a 36 millimeter, nice looking, you know, a Rolex, you could have, you could have what? You could have the Datejust, but that was, you know, verging on a little bit of feminine side with the, with the more recent updates. Or you could have a Daydate, which is just stupid expensive. And now... For 5,600, you can have one that basically has perfect proportions, great wearability, and now a new generation movement. So the Oyster Perpetual now, save for a date and a fluted bezel, if you like that sort of stuff, uh, is, is not lagging behind the rest. Uh, <laughs> if you like the, that the, sort the, of stuff. <laughs> 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 then, you know, then you're, you're, you're good. And, and again, what's for wrong five, with six, a little fluting, David? I freaking love the fluted bezel, but uh, that's never going to happen on the Oyster Perpetual. That's, the thing. That's right. Okay, so the Oyster Perpetual is, I think, a strong model. I mean, a lot of people 
need to realize it has the same exact movement as the uh, the Submariner no date. Mm-hmm. So the uh, the the thirty two um, was thirty five now. It's thirty two thirty. Thirty two thirty. That's right. The thirty five is with the date, and the thirty two thirty is their new generation movement, three day power reserve, superlative chronometer rating, superlative. Mm. And this this is in the, the what is the new um, Submariner? It's about nine thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So basically, you get the Submariner case, water resistance date uh and all that stuff for for nine grand and a bit less uh, a bit a bit, a bit under nine grand eight eight something for for the no date so then again you are spending basically three grand for the submariner case and seracrom basil um and the date that's so a, you tell that's me that's a big hike it. i remember when yes. i got my no date i think it retailed for about uh seventy seven five yeah seven five so it's a full thousand bucks more it's it's now don't quote me on it. I'm not. I'm not quite sure what what the retail is in in US, but it should be. I'm, around lo- I'm eight, looking at the article right now. Like eighty one hundred. Yeah, yeah eighty one hundred. So that's like that's not a big deal. I mean, it's a like few hundred bucks. Few hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. That's that's fine. But what the point is that it's two and a half grand more than if you get the uh, Oyster Perpetual. So that's a that's a big hike right there. I think you know that that's where you think about like, do I really want to spend an extra close to three grand just to get. A watch that basically everyone has. <laughs> I mean, Whoever, it, yeah, it's one. they're very different watches. I'll admit that, but yeah. you know, let, let's just let's just call it a a two grand increase. It's a little bit more than two grand increase, but let's take a two grand increase. I don't necessarily know for a lot of people, it's two thousand dollars more watch. No, that's the point. And again, I think where tastes and watch wearing habits are moving towards big, chunky, sporty watches are. Obviously, never going to go away, but I feel like you are more on trend if you're wearing something that's 36, that's all steel, that doesn't have a ridiculous bezel, that, you know, cannot go 300 meters dive because nobody gives a crap about how deep your watch goes. And the novelty factor of that also wears off quite soon. So what I would do personally, you know, an Oyster Perpetual with some of these funky dial colors, it's great. It's entertaining. It's not, it doesn't get boring too fast. Um, it, it's just wears, it's super comfortable. Even, you know, I have like 6.75 inch wrist and the 36 is, I think, a very classy choice. And 100 meters of water resistance, screw down crown, new generation movement. So you get all the goodies. You don't have to worry. It's a very free watch that looks, I think, today better than a big chunky sports watch. But then again, that's, that's just me. Okay, so let's name the seven dial colors that the Oyster Perpetual comes in. Not every single dial has all these colors available, but there might even be more than seven. There might be eight or nine total. But okay, what are the dial colors in the Oyster Perpetual 36 uh, up to the 41? Yeah, there's, wow. I mean, there's bound to be some that are limited to just to just one size and not made available for, for the other. But uh, yeah, there's silver and then you have yellow, which looks orange on Rolex's pictures, but it's it's totally not orange. It's, it's uh it's yellow, yellow, <laughs> yellow, basically. You know, okay. it's yellow, yellow, yeah. And then you have what green, else? which is dark green. You have turquoise blue, bright blue, um, candy pink is the original name, uh, official name of 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 the pink dial, which is quite odd. You have coral red, which looks 
it just it's just such a sad looking color to me for some reason. I, I when I saw it, I was like, <laughs> wow, this is just making me sad. And then and Matter then you have bright black of all things, you know, bright black. So so you have a bunch of paradox color choices, but there are some really good ones in there. Uh, you can play around with the configurator, but uh, you, you have to bear in mind that. In person, they will look different. So check out our hands-on article on the blog to watch. Yeah, Rolex's pictures are so heavily doctored, and they do it better than anyone, but they end up looking like cyborg watches. Like, it's not real watches. Cyborg watches. It's just, it's you know what I mean? It's so enhanced. Mm. It's digitally enhanced. Well, I, I don't think these are pictures anymore anyway. So, so, but, but that's part of the configurator to give them some, you know, cut them some slack. I mean, I think, you no, know, what's I'm saying, those, those photographs, a lot of them begin as real watches. Yeah, I know. I know. But then they go through a lot of CGI and then, and then you end up with something. That's cyborg watches. Cyborg watches. Cyborg. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I'll, I'll go with that. The Ro- How long is it going to be before there's a watch called the Rolex Cyborg? It's going to be what, like a hundred years? Yeah. 400,000 years, I think. Probably. Okay. So there's a lot of colors for the Oyster Perpetual. Um, yellow. Red, black, silver, uh, there's like um, a turquoise, there's a pink, um, there's sort of a, a green, there's a darker blue, like a metallic blue. There's, it's a lot of variety out there. Mm. And the new Submariner watches probably get more sort of conversational attention. But I think for the mainstream, if you can get them, I think these are going to be more available in the Submariners. Rolex just basically gave everyone like a really a better way of getting into the brand. So yeah. congratulations to to them for that. That's a that's a hard thing to do, and that came out as part of their new collection for 2020. Um, you ready to move on to the Submariners? Absolutely. So maybe you should briefly say what has changed between the previous gen- generation Submariner and the new ones. There's like nine different models they came out with. Yeah, there's there there are a lot of changes actually. So. When you see, oh, it's just one millimeter larger, sure. But you know, we're talking about Rolex there. I can pump it up to forty-four. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. I would actually, I'm really looking forward to having these hands on and just taking a caliper and just checking the exact size and measuring it because you know, with Rolex, the, the case size and everything. When they when they call it like a forty or a thirty-six or a thirty-nine. When you know lately the the size of the case is part of the name of the watch, but even so, you know that that sizing is a little bit all over the place. It's just it's just basically a guidance. And the real deal and the real point here is the changing proportions with the new Submariner. So the lugs remain the same overall shape, but the, but uh, how they compare to the size of the bezel and the case and the bracelet is is what has changed. Uh, substantially, so you so you will recognize it, um, and that that's how I felt when I was looking at it. And when I had uh, a submariner to wear around for a while, I it was my eyes were always drawn to the lugs, uh, which is just I know it sounds strange, but those wide shouldery like super case lugs, they were just getting all the attention and not in a good way. And now they they are a little bit more curved, or you know, well, not it's not that they're curved; they're narrower. And so the bracelet looks wider, which it isn't. And the case looks a little bit wider and the, and the dial and the face of the watch. And so you're spending less time looking at the friggin' lugs. So it's more proportionate. It's much more beautiful now than I think uh, it used to be. So the size is different. I want to mention something about this that no one's quite spoken about yet. And that is the bracelets. The bracelet is great. But I think one of the things that people haven't thought about yet is what this, what this watch looks like, the Submariner off the bracelet. People mm. wear a lot of vintage Submariners on NATO straps and things like that. And a lot of people in the modern sense are wearing them on specially made rubber straps that make them, you know, more comfortable for sports stuff when you don't want to scratch uh, the bracelet or, you know, if it's sweaty and things like that. So 
Rolex has, you know, their straps, um, which <laughs> of course now for 2020 comes on new gold watches. Mm. Um, the Oyster Flex is, I don't really, it, they call it a bracelet because honestly it has more in common with a bracelet. It's got metal inside of it yeah. than a rubber strap and it's not actually rubber. It's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, those are the most amazingly engineered, like basically, you know, rubber style straps ever. But I mean, it's basically just on gold watches right now. I think they are pretty expensive to make for a start. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, but are they as expensive to make as Rolex's metal bracelets? Like, even if people, even if they charge a few hundred dollars less, you know, I think they could get away with it. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I think they are they are geared towards you know manufacturing the oyster bracelet day in and day out, and uh, you know, and the, the same kind of be said about the oyster flex. I think they they are they have. A, a capacity cap in terms of you know how much how many they can manufacture. I think that's why it's reserved for. Uh, for I mean, watches. possibly. All I'm saying is that you know they just came out with a new Submariner. These have a minimum of a 10 year lifespan. Mm. I think it's safe to say in the next several years we might start to see these watches come on straps. Yeah. And the thinner lugs, I think, are actually going to make the design look better when it's on a strap and not necessarily the bracelet. That was sort of my. The point I was trying to get to. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good point. And people were really looking forward to the blue bezel on steel, and that's just never going to happen um, because is that what, is that what people were talking about? Yeah, I, I could I could see it a lot, and I even had like friends ask me like, "Oh, the blue." Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, "No," <laughs> because because blue, <laughs> blue ceramic bezels or ceramic bezels are are reserved for watches with with freaking gold in them. You can get them on Rolex or which is basically two tone fancy Rolex. Speaker, sure, but we we know that this is a completely arbitrary distinction like i understand it but it's not like blue is like precious <laughs> that could be the motto of the last like three years of the watch industry you know blue is not that <laughs> <laughs> um you do have a green model now uh, how do you like the green bezel over the black dial i know you haven't had the chance to see it live but how do you like it on, on, on features look i mean the green on green which is what i have is i think more attractive and distinctive and interesting mm. This is more conservative. You know, Rolex has done this before just with an aluminum bezel. As everyone knows, this was in the previous generation, previous to the ceramic bezel coming in. So this is like a, I don't know, early 2000s model. So it's been away for like, you know, less than 20 years, I think. Mm. I, I don't know that they called it the Kermit. So this is, we're talking about the Submariner date right now. And this is the one, there's, there's two versions, one with a black ceramic bezel, and one with a green ceramic bezel. Both of them have the same black dial. Um, is the green any more money? It's a little bit more money, isn't it? 9,550. So as opposed to what? As opposed to whatever I'm looking at. Hold on. I'm checking. I'm trying to figure out if they charge. They do that sometimes. They charge more for it. I, it's, it's, they'll, it'll be like mine. It's $400. Yeah, $400 more. <laughs> it's like, why? <laughs> There's no reason for it. It's hilarious. I mean, look, Rolex is probably, it, it, I'm sure it costs more because they maybe do more of them in black. Um, black is an easier pigment to get yeah. to. It's true that green is more difficult, but like, you know, just, just let the consumer choose. Don't like making one a little bit more. It's like, do you want to be slightly extra cool? It's like the gold fringes, you know it's what I mean? Slightly extra cool. <laughs> it's like, you know, I don't care. I don't, I, I, don't, I don't think people care. They go into the store and they look at it and people just roll their eyes and they're like, oh, okay. I'll, they are just happy if they can actually get the freaking watch. Nobody is like, oh, why is it $400 more? They are just, you know, Super happy if they can get it in the first place, you know. So two tone came out. So this is how this is how old I'm getting. I remember when 
the last generation of Rolex watches debuted, I think it was around 2007. Mm. And the way they did it was very interesting. I believe they, they originally released the two-tone models. Steel wasn't available for like two more years or something like that. The first one was, was in all gold in, in 06, I believe. 05 or 06. Okay. That's, that's yeah, so the all gold debuted as well. Yeah. Yeah. So they did it all gold. And then, you know, so it was 2007, I guess the steel one came out. But they did it in like, they staggered it out over years. Mm. And now, gold, Rolasaur, which is two-tone steel and gold, and all gold, boom, in the same year. So I don't know what that means, but that represents a completely different shift in strategy than before. Um, and I guess it makes sense because you can't, you can't, you know, you have these models available, they're very popular. They would have to discontinue the Submariner and then reintroduce it one model at a time. Um, and I think, I think maybe just dealers don't want to wait like several years for the steel one to be available. They're just like, why, why wait? It's arbitrary. Yeah. And, and there's no crazy new materials here as, as there, uh, there was with, with the previous update, you know, like 14 years ago. So same materials, it's just a different design. And yes, the movement is new, uh, quasi new, but you know, they've rolled it out slowly with, with the day date and then the day chest. And now here we are. So they, it was a slow, you know, Rolex like, uh, rollout, which you have to do when you when you are making this many watches, nine hundred thousand, a million watches in a year. You cannot just dump a new movement in all your collections and then just be done with it. Why would you? So, but but I see your point. Yeah, now there's no distinction. I think it's it's just logistics, basically. I mean, you know, no new materials again. So I think it was not that hard to do it like this. Is there anything that we wanted Rolex to do with the Submariner? Because one of the bigger complaints by the community is that this is a boring set of releases. There's a lot of them. There's no shortage of new Rolex watches, to be honest, but they're like, I don't know that they've done anything new. I literally think that everything they've released, they've essentially done before. And like, okay, you want to make it a slightly bigger size? I don't know mm. if that really counts. Like, they didn't wow us with a new color, a new material, a new shape, a new name. You know, I mean, like, nothing. People, people, all, all, all people want is to be able to go out and buy it. That's, the, that's their core frustration. It's a great product. I mean, you know, they don't really, if you want to be wowed, go buy a Nublo. If you, you know, if people want the Rolex to wear for the rest of their lifetime or the next three years before they get bored with it and update to another one, right? So, but that's I how, mean, that's the approach that they, that they have right now. Why would you tell someone they're wrong for wanting something? You know what I mean? Like, you know, if, if they want it from Rolex, that means there's demand. If someone says, I want the role. I mean, look at all these aftermarket customizers. They they flourish despite being extremely expensive and all these things. You know, you void your warranty, but these things flourish because people want Rolexes with a little bit more wow. So yeah. I think Rolex should take note of that. I mean, it, I think it's safe to say that these bright colors are a response to that. Rolex is doing that only in the super very high end. They they go loco with some of the some of the crazy stuff with the Haribo with with the with the with the uh, with the tiger and and all that kind of stuff. They they go totally crazy with those, but only those. So you're right. You are never gonna get you know like a a, a bicolor Saracrom bezel is the end of the world. You know on the Jubilee. That's the funkiest you know sub ten thousand dollar watch or quite a ten thousand dollar watch you can get from Rolex. A GMT with you know a Pepsi GMT on the Jubilee. That that that's all the like visual stimulation you can get uh, from from this company i'm i'm not blaming them too much i definitely would freaking love to have an exciting rolex and and go out there and buy it and that's basically what we got with all these crazy colors on the other patches so to their credit they did do that 
but I'm just not sure how good that would look on what they term or phrase or call uh, a professional dive watch, you know? I mean, obviously it's not that anymore. It's not used like that anymore, I should say. It was a very humble assortment of watches. Mm. They did have some new ladies' watches with diamonds. Ooh. So there was that. But for men, nothing that I saw, maybe I didn't dig deep enough, but no new diamond watches. No. Um, I would like to see them return the two-tone that has the diamond hour markers. So eight of the, mm. eight of the hour markers mm-hmm. are, are little diamonds, the round ones. That was the model they had that I thought was cool. I never had a chance to get one of those, but if that were able to come out, I mean, one of the things they could do, I think would be cool is have all the hour markers diamonds, but underneath where the diamonds are set have loom. So you could have loom underneath diamonds. That's never going to happen. Those were, those are the Serti dials or, or Sultan dials, I believe, right? With the, with the tiny little brilliant cut diamonds uh, for the hour uh, markers. They're not, they're not that tiny. They're not massive, but yeah, they're, it's just, it's just, they just remove, they drill out the hour markers and they just put diamonds there instead. It's pretty simple. Man, I really want that. I, I, I freaking love the way it, it, on pictures, it's so ugly that it's, it's actually beautiful. <laughs> um, I had, there was, a, cool again, watch. this is, again, we're, we've been in this so much. I fa- I remember when those watches were super not in demand. Like nobody yes. wanted those at all. That's why they're not doing it. I finally decided that I wanted one, and I remember it was in Hong Kong, and there was plenty of them to buy. There was like 10 of them around I could find. It was easy to buy, brand new. Mm. And they were like, and they just kept saying, no longer made, more expensive. So they were charging above list, <laughs> and those watches were like 12 or 13, and I was excited because you get them for like seven. Yeah. Seriously, you get them for like $7,000. Like nobody wanted those things. Yeah, that's true. And, and I was like, okay, I couldn't afford it when they were seven. You know what I mean? But then I was like, okay, screw it. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. And then it was like, they were like, they were like 13 or at least they were going for a list. No longer made. It was like, you goddamn hustlers. Yeah. I see that. I see that upset you very much. I mean, if you want one with full set, they are starting from around 11 and, you know, a nice one is about 13. If you don't want the box. That's above paper, retail. But if you don't that's want stupid. the freaking box and paper, then it's like eight five or whatever. Okay, that's that's better. I'm just saying, you know, I was I was I was a willing buyer, and and now now I may never buy another watch in Hong Kong again. Not for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the gold ones. There's a little bit of new combinations there. We've always had the yellow gold with the black bezel and dial. Now we have the yellow gold with the blue bezel and dial. Uh, I guess it's, they have done this before, but it's been a while, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean the, the blue no, the blue bezel you could always you could always get a blue bezel on a two-tone. The blue ceramic not two-tone, all gold. No, 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 two-tone too. It's very rare, but you could get it. No, the two-tone I know. I know about that one. Yeah. For the all yellow gold. My I, my recollection they just had the for the black dot. Oh, that's that actually may be true. Yeah, I think that's right. I think they may have had it a long time ago where you could buy that, but it's been 25 years maybe since you could get a Rolex that's all yellow, gold, and blue. That's It's kind of handsome. I think if you're like, you know, a distinguished gray-haired gentleman that still spends a lot of time on his boat, mm-hmm. like that's a that's a sexy watch. <laughs> and you know, it's like 36,000. And then you look at the freaking Skydweller on a rubber strap and it's like over 40 grand, which was the biggest... I, you know, the most disappointing launch or, or the weirdest. It's, it's a total head scratcher, that watch. Look, they they came out with, I guess we're moving on to the Sky Dweller now. Three new versions of the Sky Dweller. Yellow gold, two in rose gold. 
One of the rose gold ones, it's just a weird combination of colors because the dial doesn't match anything else. It just kind of sticks out. No, there's. There, I think there's going to be like actually six versions. So you can mix and match all these oh, different... Oh, six? Yeah, so oh, three ever rose and three yellow gold on the oyster basil, I think. You can still do the same mix and match like you used to, but... Uh, uh, it's it's not it's it's just weird and again it's forty thousand and forty one thousand for Everos, which is just insane. Yeah, so and the white gold, so there's a new white gold, which this is a new combination: blue bezel, black dial, white gold. So with, Rolex always comes out with what I call an FU watch, and an FU watch in Rolex uh, speak is only the person wearing it knows how expensive it is. That's an FU watch or a select number of people who happen to know that this watch with this color bezel never comes in steel. It's only all white gold. That's the Submariner it's, you're talking yeah, about, not yeah. the Sky Dweller. But yeah, the Sky... Yeah, yeah, I'm, moving, I'm going back to the Submariner now. Yeah, it's a I'm bit just, confusing. I'm just but... saying, <laughs> you know, I, well, look, the Sky Dweller we're talking about has a steel version. There hasn't been a new steel version in quite some time. But they keep focusing on the all gold ones, and then we're on the we're, we're still talking about all gold, the Submariner in white gold with the blue bezel. Um, I'm just thinking about you know you were talking about they come out with any new color combinations. Yeah, that's basically the only one. But it's like you know it looks like a watch a teenager could wear. It doesn't look like a thirty nine thousand, nearly forty thousand dollar watch. That is all. an FU watch exactly, and, and again the Skydweller is an FU watch, but it's almost like it's. Uh, you know, Rolex will hate me for saying this, but it's as though it's coming from Rolex towards the customer in a way. When you spend 40 grand on a puck of gold strapped to some rubber strap. And it's like, it's as though they were reacting to Hublot 20 years down the line. You know, it's like they did it 20 years ago. Strap a rubber <laughs> strap on a gold watch Oyster and sell Flex, it for stupid not money. Not rubber. And whatever. And it's not you know, actual rubber. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> Rolex de Mer. <laughs> it's Kochuk, okay? <laughs> no, it's, Look, they call it high performance elastomer. That's what it is, okay? It's the it's the same thing as basically the Apple Watch strap, okay? The Apple Watch mm-hmm. Sport Band mm-hmm. is basically the same thing out of as the Oyster Flex but, is made of. The Oyster Flex is in, in, insanely more complicated. Inside, yes. Um, yeah, so anyway, that, that's the weirdest launch for me. And and I, I could get it when it was on the Yachtmaster because it was not this expensive. But then you combine the Sky Dweller, which is the most complicated movement Rolex makes. I actually asked them about it and they they, they, they very kindly uh, replied. And they said, yeah, it's uh, because I was I was on the fence. If this is more complicated or the Yachtmaster 2 with, you know, the programmable countdown, regular the chronograph stuff, also with the ring yeah. command. Uh, but no, actually, they say that the Sky Dweller is more complicated. So... Part of me understands it, but I would never, ever, ever get a $40,000 watch on the rubber strip because it's just, it's oh, really bad. Okay, so let, let's, let's, let's go back a second here. The Sky Dweller in steel, yeah. it actually has a white gold bezel. Mm. Okay, white gold bezel and steel watch with a blue dial. That's the hot one. It also comes with a white dial. Not, that one's not very popular. $14,800. Yeah. That actually feels like the, that's actually one of the most fairly priced Rolex watches in my opinion. The Sky Dweller in Tutan, you mean? No, steel. It's well, it's it's steel with a, with a white gold yeah, bezel. Yeah, exactly. It's a fluid exactly. bezel. That's great okay? value. That's really great value. That is, if you're looking for value, yeah. Again, these are hard to find, mm-hmm. so it's going to be just as hard to find as maybe a Submariner. Well, maybe not impossible, yeah. but hard to find. Yeah. Okay, and that is like I said, just under fifteen thousand bucks. Fantastic. What watch. David is mentioning, 
is one of the new 2020 models, which is yellow gold on the the strap. It's just a black strap. It's a great strap, but it's just a black strap. Yeah. Okay, it's just a black strap. Uh, literally $40,000 on the nose. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we agree that this is like nearly three times more watch. It's not. It's not. And, and again, and the funny thing is, and this is, Again, obviously, there's status and all that. Oh, if you're wearing an all-gold Rolex, then you are in a different league than when you are wearing a two-tone or a steel or whatever. I get that. But if you look That's at the Sky Dweller... Again, we, whatever. But we're talking about still the Sky Dweller. And for 17 grand, or a bit over 17 grand, you get it in two-tone yellow gold, Well, where the bezel is gold. And then all the center links are also gold. So if you add up the, all the gold in all the center links... I think that easily makes up for the gold in the case. And yet you end up paying over twice <laughs> as much for something with essentially just as much gold in it, or maybe a little, a tiny little bit more gold in it. And I know it's not about the weight of the gold in it, but visually speaking, if you're wearing a two-tone, that's a crap ton of gold around your... It okay, around your I'm going to change it. I'm going to make it even more embarrassing. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> okay. The, the, the Rolex bracelet, it's a full bracelet of solid gold, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, would you say that the Rolex bracelet tends to weigh more than the case? Yes. Okay. So the Sky Dweller in gold on mm-hmm. the elastomer strap, $40,000. The Sky Dweller in gold on a matching solid gold bracelet, also yellow gold, 46650 So that means the Rolex bracelet only costs... Six grand. Let's just, you know, like about $6,000 because, of course, the elastomer one has to cost something as well. Yeah. Right? So... This looks like a really good value for gold. I'm just saying. It's why is it the case? <laughs> I, I'm just. You see, if you add the math up here, if they're saying, "Oh, well, it's a lot more work. gold," okay, then the bracelet. You know what I mean? Like, it's, why is that watch not like twenty thousand dollars more? Yeah. Oh, you mean on the on the oyster? Yeah. I mean, it's it's yes. not that the old gold models are cheap or good value. No, it's that the oyster flex one is too expensive. It's a particularly poor value. Yes. If you so this is. This is not an FU watch in the sense that only the person who wears it knows it's expensive. This is like a different FU watch where it's like, because you wanted this specific model and this configuration, mm-hmm. FU, we're going to make you spend this amount of money. Yes. Do you want it or do you not want it? We don't care. Yeah, you know, exactly. You can leave it on the shelf. Yeah. If you don't want it, get out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it but the reason why we're talking so much about Oh my so God, Emperor Rose is even more. Yeah, 41. Yeah. Oh God, 41.5. <laughs> <laughs> so, Look, know, I love your Rolex and the Sky Dweller yeah. is, is by all means a fantastic model. Amazing watch. I spent like five minutes and I can see the prices and I'm like, I'm a consumer. And the biggest complaint that the general public has towards the watch industry is that seems patently overpriced. I mean, yeah. they don't say it that way, but they're like, that seems like a dumb use of money. Why yeah. help reinforce that? Your Rolex, you're supposed to be the value leader. You're supposed to be the best value for the money. So when you spend that $14,800 on the all-steel Skydweller, you're like, damn, I know it's a lot of money, but compared to what I can get from other brands, that's an amazing value. That's the Rolex we like. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. We started this conversation, Oyster Perpetual at 5900 for the 41, like good value. Yeah, exactly. That's where we started. So they've launched something that is really genuinely amazing value. And I think, you know, when the competition saw that, you know, Rolex is out with $5,600 watches that look funky, do everything you want them to do, 
uh, you know, they're, they're just going to sell truckloads of those things. And everyone was like, oh my God, you know, how is this happening? And then now just to add like one last lap to the freaking sidewaller, poor thing, you can get an all gold day date, which is the quintessential be all and the end all of gold watches as far as I'm concerned for 33,000 or 32,000 on all gold, all gold day date. 36. Yeah, but don't you know that elastomer is is a much more precious material? <laughs> Non-elastomer. Or <laughs> <laughs> elastomer. Elastomer. Okay, so oh are there any God. other any other new Rolex watches that we are forgetting? Anything else you learned cuz David was there yes. in Geneva at the headquarters. Um he went into their prestigious elevator. What floor it did is. you go on? It is it is an extremely prestigious elevator. It, there, it is. I've I been there a few times. To know that I've been there. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> we went to the first floor only after um, a tour of it, this was this is quite odd actually. So they have this sort of exhibition of Rolex type watch history, and they actually have the first watches or the actual watches that went to the Mariana Trench. It's, it's right there. You can see it like it's behind a window. But it's oh, like, I saw this in Dubai. I know exactly what you're talking. It's like a little it, room, right? It's 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 not that little, yeah. And it and, and it has it's a really great thing to see. And you see all these like exploded views uh, of, of all the components of the case. It's well done. Bracelet. I'm like, why it's, doesn't every store have this? It's beautifully well done. No pictures. So I'm like, <laughs> I would, I so wanted to take pictures and share it with the audience and, and just put it on Instagram and put it in the article and all that and just, just no pictures. <laughs> so, so for I'm the like, record, I, I was at the same exact thing in Dubai and I took many pictures. So that's good. That's, that's, okay. That's okay. So we many can supplement my, my, my articles. Maybe there's some new like super secret component to it, like one watch or one component. They don't want the photograph that's in there. Nevertheless, I don't hey, know. Hey, COVID's out there. No shooting. Okay. Okay. Well, I get I yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's a bummer, but uh, we'll make up for it, and we will do some some cool research into Rolex I watch history because that's. But you saw the watches, and that yeah. was important. That's the point. Yeah, exactly. I just wanted to just you know give some context, and it's for all the visitors to go to Rolex HQ, but you cannot take pictures. So that was a bummer. But everyone's very kind, and we could see all these amazing watches and the sky dweller on Alistair. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> and yeah, I, I'm super tempted to go out and get a 36 or Super Petrol, honestly, with some funky color. I think yellow would be my choice. That's that's really genuinely attempting, uh, um, you know, daily wear watch. I just want to say, if you're female listening, or if you're interested in a new Rolex watch for a female in your life, there are some new Datejust 31 watches that came out. Um, I, I don't, you know, I'm not sure how fashionable it is. Right now, uh, for women's fashion, I know for men, green is in, but there's sort of an olive green Datejust 31 that is, uh, it's two-tone. So, well, it's it's basically all steel with a, with a white gold bezel. And it's uh, it's about 8,000 bucks. 31 millimeters is what I found to be like a very, very good size for a woman. Yeah. So there's a lot of different Datejust. If you ask a woman... She tends to ask for a size larger than what ends up looking good on her. She ends up looking like she's wearing a men's watch. If that's what she wants to go for, fine. But if you're sort of watch shopping with someone and uh, you feel that maybe she should try on the 31, just have her try it on. It's a good model. Um, anyways, a few new versions of that as well. Do we shoot any of those? Mm, I, I might have done. I'm not sure. We were extremely tight on time. So, so yeah. yeah. But anyways, just throwing that in there. Not not a men's model. 31's way too small for a man. Maybe a boy, but anyways. <laughs> yeah. So 
that's our discussion of the new 2020 watches uh, released by Rolex. We're glad it happened. You can see hands-on looks at these watches on a blog2watch.com. We thoroughly discussed um, all the new Rolex watches. You can get pricing information there, see the watches, and we just wanted to give a little bit of context. We're looking forward to the next time we can see new watches. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Superlative. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Superlative Podcast. Support the show by subscribing and rating it on your preferred podcast platform. For questions, comments, and ideas, please email the show at superlative at blog2watch.com. For the latest in watch news, reviews, and culture, visit blog2watch.com. Thank you for listening to the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe?